Welcome to another episode of Board Game Impact. Um, this episode is going to be a little different. So this is Bruce, and of course I'm joined by Josh. Um, and we're there's a lot. It, the world is interesting right now. So Josh and I have been talking for about a half an hour before recording this, um, and we thought it best just to have a conversation. Um, this is going to be a shorter episode. Just have a conversation about what's going on in the world and some things. So Josh, you're the one who texted me and were inspired to do this um, and encouraged me to do this. And I, I'm so thankful for that because um, this isn't something that we've normally done on the show and talk about what's going on in the world in real time. Um, so Josh, why don't you kind of lead us into this? Sure. So this kind of came about over the past couple days as I've been sitting and thinking about kind of the state of the world. And so if if you're a, a listener who's kind of going back and listening to old episodes, we are recording this um, roughly a week after the killing of uh, George Floyd in Minneapolis. And so over the past week, the U.S. and around the world, we have seen countless protests and demonstrations of brutality by police forces here in America um, against citizens and so and especially against people of color. And so as Bruce and I began talking about when we wanted to record next and what we wanted to talk about, when it came down to it, I just didn't feel comfortable putting out a traditional episode. I, I didn't feel like we could put something out onto the internet at this time without acknowledging and recognizing the situation that we are living in at this moment. And so we just really wanted to take a brief minute to acknowledge and recognize the pain and the struggle that so many communities are facing today and to acknowledge that we operate, we record a podcast about a hobby that is by and large still a white hobby. Uh, it is pretty exclusive and pretty exclusionary. Um, Bruce and I were talking, you know, about going to a convention and it's pretty self-evident the second you walk through those convention doors that this is still very much a white space that we occupy and that we live in. And when I really, what I really wanted to do in this episode was to highlight black voices. I think that now is a time for folks with my and Bruce's shared identity, white straight men to sit down, shut up and listen. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's really hard to do yeah. in a community that is so vastly overwhelmingly white and male. Yeah. All of that being said, Bruce and I did want to take a few minutes just to acknowledge the challenges that this hobby has 
facing it right now. And the challenges that this hobby has facing it are really the challenges that we see in, in all aspects of our society right now. And wanting to talk about what we can do as a hobby, as a community to make this an inclusive and wonderful hobby that we all know it to be, to show the positive impact that participating in these games and having these experiences can really have for anyone who who's willing to take the time and, and engage in those. And so, Bruce, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on yeah. that. And first of all, Josh, thank you for those beautiful statements. Um, and it, I, I was just sitting here listening because it's stuff we need to listen to. Um, but you're right. Like, I wish there was more voices. I wish that we could just shut up and listen, but actually listen, right? Um, seek first to understand um, and then to then have, let's have a dialogue after that. Um, and I think that the game industry, like it's, it's unique in that fundamentally it's about fun. Um, and I would say that there's a lot of things in the world, like besides this global pandemic, murder hornets, like everything, like there's a lot of not fun things in the world right now. Um, but we still have this amazing outlet for things, but the question is, what exists in those space that's keeping everybody from being able to have fun and enjoy it? And I think through things of, and we've talked about this before, but um, different racist themes um, or racist elements in board games, um, there's a lot of sexism and other isms too, and that's also awful, um, but we're really focusing in on this. Um, I read an article earlier, and it was talking about the game Puerto Rico. Um, phenomenal game in terms of uh, what it did and this really like I, I, I choose you follow action mechanics and it's about this little thing on Puerto Rico but it's not there to teach a lesson it's just this Euro game but part of the game involves using slaves it's like why does it fundamentally need that um, right and, and, I well, think th and I think through other things like Josh you and I were talking about how even because one of the things we had planned for today was to talk about the Spiel des Jahres nominations. And one of the things we then immediately talked about was, well, then who are the judges? And I think about some articles I've read actually about artificial intelligence on how we really need to make sure that those who are selecting things come from diverse backgrounds, diverse perspectives, um, all sorts of across the spectrum, different things. Uh, because for artificial intelligence, people have been training from a mostly white background uh, and Asian background um, to identify, like, if you're looking at a photo, what's going on in that photo. And then there's building in implicit biases into how these programs run. And that's really sad. And so if we don't have the representation for the selections, if we don't have the representation in all these different areas, then is this really a thing that was designed for everybody if our if our intake is biased? Sorry, I, I just kind of didn't plan to talk about all that, but it kind of all came up. Yeah, I and, and I think you're right. And, and I think that is something that we really need to examine. And, you know, I, I just want to real quickly jump back to Puerto Rico for, yeah. for one second, um, because this ultimately is about board games, right? But, right. you know, 
you talk about Puerto Rico, and I agree with you. I think Puerto Rico is one of the most mechanically sound games that's come out ever. Um, you know, it, it stands the test of time for a reason as a game from a mechanism standpoint. I think there's a difference between acknowledging the history that your game is based on. My biggest issue with Puerto Rico is, I, I mean, it, it is challenging to play a game with that involves slaves. I've talked about the challenges I faced when, when playing a game of Endeavor and really having to remind myself that this is a mechanic that is in the game because of the historical context that this game is trying to evoke. And, and what I thought, at least with the reprinting of the second, the new edition of that game, the publishers did a very good job of kind of explaining and, and talking about their decision to leave that mechanism in versus take it out and why they chose to do that. Mm. And that it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable because slavery is an uncomfortable thing. The biggest issue I had with Puerto Rico and, and still have with Puerto Rico is that they whitewash it. Yeah. They that's give the you these brown cubes to work in your fields and produce goods for you and call them colonists. Like, don't don't whitewash the history that you're trying to portray. Just be honest. Yeah. Like, if you're going to make a game that is based on a colony in the Caribbean that used slaves as a major source of that. Well, their entire basis for the economy that you are then creating a game around either don't make like retheme the game, do it or don't do it. Mechanics right? do it or don't do it. Right. Like don't, don't try and whitewash it and make us feel better about it by saying that these are just colonists that you're using. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate that, Josh. And I think that's the important part of like, this is not, and we didn't want to do this episode from the lens of like, oh, let's just talk about these things and like take them out of games. Like, no, that's not, if, if that is what you're taking, that, that's not what we're trying to say. What we're trying to say is that we need more people around the table, but also before it ever gets to the table more people in the decision factors along the way, um, games that are inclusive, and, and but also who even has access to play the games. Full transparency, Josh, I'm going to talk about the thing we were talking about. Um, and that was, hey, well, being from pr more privileged backgrounds, um, whether it's socioeconomic, et cetera, you, you have more things and access to more things. One of those things being board games. Um, and so we were talking, okay, how can we get games because we know they can have a profound impact on like learning things about how to interact with others and really great things on like, how do you handle conflict? How do you be strategic? How do you think within the confines of a situation to make it be advantageous for you? But then how do we get that into the hands and into in front of kids who otherwise don't have access to that kinds of stuff? Right. Um, and so I think it's not only for like where we are now, but like what are we looking towards the future of the hobby and making sure that this is going to be a hobby where there are seats around the table for everybody. And those seats 
are equal and the seats have the same, come with the same voice. Um, and cause that's one of the things I honestly love about board games, Josh, is that I can go to a convention and be sitting with somebody cause this has happened. I've sat with somebody from Asia and another person from the middle East and we were sitting down playing a game and then another guy from Texas, um, we were sitting down playing a game and it's, we had the same rule set and, and for the first time, probably ever, we're all playing by the same set of rules coming together. Right. Um, and having this experience together and creating to create memories together um, and bridge all sorts of differences, um, which is cool. And, and it has, there's and power there. And, and what you're doing there really is you're building community. And that's, I mean, I mean, I think the one thing that I've taken away from this past week is just how damaging the systemic racism is to communities. And, and right, we, we talk about that a lot in this podcast yep. and within the hobby of board gaming. We talk about this wonderful board gaming community. But I, I, I struggle with, is it really a community if not everyone is feeling included and feeling like they have a seat at that table, right? Yeah. It, it, it is very hard you know, you talk about the privileges that we have. It's board games are expensive. Board mm -hmm. games are really expensive. So you have socioeconomics that play into it. You have folks who just don't have time to sit down and play a game or, or they don't feel like they have that time at the very least. You have folks who don't feel like they have the capacity, right? When your life feels like you are struggling to survive every day. Do you really feel like you always have the capacity to sit down and play a five hour, four hour game and, and really detach yourself from, from that reality? Yeah. And that's a really heartbreaking thing to, to kind of process through. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and feeling like, well, there's nothing I can do. Well, there, there are things you can do. Um, and we'll talk about that, but really it's about how do we just expect more from this thing we love? Um, right. And how do, how do we work to make it better? It's, it's, it's not enough just to not be okay with this, with, with racism existing. Right. Um, it's, it's no, it's, it's more than that. It's like, wait, well, how are we making sure that there's access? Um, and, and not falling into the pit traps that come with things like groupthink of, oh, this is just, this is what gaming experiences are like. So that's what they must be always like. It's like, no, like, stop it. Um, they're needing to change anyway now because of social distancing things, just to put that out there. Um, but I also don't want us to fall into what's called polythink. Um, and polythink is a newer term um, that's evolved in ethics literature. Um, and it's when you have communities and within those communities, there's different voices um, or different beliefs, different ideologies, different political politics, whatever. And what happens is because the groups are, they keep their societal and systemic issues that have built them up to where they will not communicate across the differences. And so therefore the community itself overall fails because the two groups aren't working together. So if you might have experienced this around 
politics and different things, but it happens exactly with this as well. And so it's like, no, let's actually come together um, and be willing to be vulnerable um, and own where we're at, but also like, let's look towards the future and plant seeds to make this better. Um, I think of things like Jeff Engelstein, who is on the Ludology podcast. Um, he's designed several games. His daughter, um, has designed several games as well. Um, she works over at Indie Boards and Cards. Um, Jeff Engelstein created a, a scholarship, um, this past year for the tabletop network, which took place the days before BGG con in November. And that convention, um, was to four game designers and it was, it was called the new voices scholarship. And it was specifically to go to women and people of historical minorities to increase the representation and the voice and to try and bring them into this sphere. Because guess what? When, when we have more voices coming to the table, we're going to have a lot more creative and more awesome games to play at the end of the day too. Um, that, are just going to win for us all um, because maybe we keep seeing the same themes in games because we're hitting a limit too. Um, I, I know I just talked about a lot of different things, Josh. No, no. I, I think it's all important to be said and, and important to be out there. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for what we can do, right? I, I think that there is an acknowledgement that needs to be had that this is, not a diverse culture, um, that we are a part of and that, you know, it is all of our jobs to work towards helping expand and, and diversify this hobby. Because I, I don't think that this is, I, I don't think there's anything inherently bad or wrong or biased about this hobby. There are certainly games that, you know, I think, a lot of people of color may not want to play because of the theming of those games. And I think that's a fair thing. And I think we should acknowledge and recognize that that's okay. Um, you, you, you don't have to want to play Puerto Rico. I, I think it's fair to say that that's not a game that that's going to sit well with some folks. And, and so you find another game that does sit well, a, mm -hmm. a game that does connect and, and doesn't have those problematic aspects to it um, to really bring people into this hobby and really build out our community and strengthen it. Because I, I do think that diversity strengthens a community. And I think that it's really important for us to be working towards that in whatever way possible, whether that's donating our time or our collections. Yeah. I know that for, for some of us that may feel like blasphemy, but you know, think about it. The, the, the cost of entry into this hobby is pretty high when you compare it to a lot of cost of entry to other hobbies. And if you have a game shelf with a couple hundred games sitting on it and you maybe play 30 of them, what is it going to to take for you to say, hey, this group of kids down at the high school um, who don't have access to these things, let me let me donate this to them and, and see if they enjoy it and see if we can bring up another generation of board gamers, um, not just yeah. diversifying the hobby right now, but for the future. 
Yeah. At the end of the day, a game is nothing but components. <laughs> the most important thing about a game is actually having players. Just going to put yeah. that out there. Like, yes, you can have great game design and these fundamental things, but if you don't have the players, then you're failing before you begin. And so um, I just wanted to, uh, Josh, I told you I wanted to do this. I wanted to also acknowledge um, a couple of statements that have gone out. So, and I, we can't speak to these things. We don't have these lived experiences, but um, I was watching Heavy Cardboard's Week Look Ahead. Um, so Edward over there makes great content on 18xx games um, and Heavy Euros. And he's a Marine and he talked about how he's gone and he's served this country um, that we live in. And to, defend liberties and, and and look out for those things and and not a damn thing has changed in his words um and that's how heartbreaking that is for him um and i uh, yeah it hurts um and then also just just the other day boardgamegeek.com aldi made a statement of black lives matter and um that board game geek which is mostly white men and a couple women <laughs> um but that that they acknowledge that they're not where they want to be um, and that they want to make this their, themselves and the rest of the hobby to be one of, to be more inclusive. And I think that's great. And I think taking a step back and looking, um, this is actually a principle of adaptive leadership of what's called looking at the dance floor. Um, you have to, or getting on the balcony, you have to get away from the environment to actually see what's going on um, and to, to think of ways to pull in. Um, and so I, I know we're going a little longer than we expected on this, Josh, but um, I think it's one of those things of, Times can be really hard for some people out there, and and if and and, and it sucks, um, and we can expect things to be better. But I also and I will also say that um, this is not just from this one case. This is built up over a lot of time, and this is just kind of the the thing that's now inciting. And I think that that's okay, and I, and I want us to be better as a as a world, um, and because I think when we when others win, we all win, um, and let's let the tide rise the ships. Because a game is nothing without the players. I would uh, be applauding if it wasn't bad Mike. <laughs> um, sorry, a little levity to a pretty somber episode. I, yeah. I did want to leave with, with just one last thing. I started this episode by saying that this is a time for straight white men to shut up and sit down and listen. And we just talked for way longer than I expected us yeah. to about this. Um and so maybe I'm not practicing what I preach, but I did want to, at the as we start to wrap up this episode, just highlight at least one black voice that that was really impactful um, when I came across it as I was yeah. kind of processing my own feelings and emotions. And so there was an article written um, by a gentleman by the name of Patrick um, Real. Uh, the article was published on the website, the African-American Intellectual Historical Society. Um, and it's titled, Seriously, Board Games? Yes, Seriously. Um, and in it, Patrick talks about his experience as a black board gamer in America and his struggles at conventions. And if you listen to this episode and you're angry that we're getting political here, A, I'm not sorry. Um, B, please, if you take nothing else away from this episode, take 
10 minutes and read the article. It's linked in the description of this episode. Thank you. And it it is very, very important that, that we take this opportunity to really listen to the people who are being affected the most. Yeah. And it's a beautifully, beautifully done article. And thank you, Josh, for, find, Josh, for finding it for us. Um, and I also want to say a couple other things, too. Um, just real quick as we're wrapping up one, um, to our Patreon supporters, first of all, thank you for all of your support. Um, I'm actually going to be pausing the Patreon for the next month and I want you, I'm going to encourage you to donate to something, um, out there in the world that's helping other people, um, in all of this. So, um, we recognize that this is bigger than us and we want you to go do that. And so, um, you'll probably see that notice before you hear this episode, um, or that notice from Patreon, um, and for anybody else that wants to see us or learn about that, go to patreon.com slash board game impact, um, where you can read the kind of statements there, but also with all of this, um, I also want to give some kudos real quick. Um, I know board game geek and dice tower are preparing for their convention in a couple weeks. Um, and I know they're having active conversations about moderating the content, not in like a policing it, but rather let's make sure that we're being inclusive, um, as a community. Um, and they're going to be having people go around through that space, which I think is really good. I think it's a step. I don't think it's the whole solution. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think that that is a good step. Um, and I don't, and I'm going to challenge you, Josh. I don't know that this is us being political. I think this is us just wanting us to be a human. Um, and I think that this transcends all that BS. Um, and at the end of the day, again, let's just be players together. Um, but, uh, I'm thankful to you, Josh, for in- encouraging for this episode to happen, um, and, and bringing it up. I know that we were both processing a lot of this before we got started. And I think that that is a good thing. And I'm thankful to have had a space to talk to somebody about this. Um, and so if you want to reach out to us and, and share your thoughts or share some ideas that you have to encourage others to play games, please do. Um, but Josh, any kind of cl- last closing thing? Um, no, I, I, don't really want to go through my typical spiel here. Um, but I I do think that it's important, um, now more than ever for, I, I, the tagline of this show, um, rings heavier to me now than, than at any point in the past. And, um, you know, I think I, I give Bruce all the credit for this, but, um, I just want to say, go out and have a positive impact on the world. Yeah. And so listeners go out, have a positive impact on the world, do something to, um, uplift others voices, um, to listen, hear something new, um, to experience something different and, um, just keep learning and keep playing. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. So go have a positive impact on the world till then.